five, I did it again. I was in the middle of getting everything ready and I forgot to hit record on audition, but thanks to the redundancy of YouTube after we go live, I'll just record the first 38 seconds, pop it in. And there's you listening to this on the podcast app will never be the wiser. Uh, Gordon just rebooted his computer about 20 minutes ago. And as Microsoft does, Microsoft said, F you, we're going to install this big ass update. And we had Larry waiting in the wing. So hopefully Gordon will be joining us, popping it in any time. But right now, joining us via Cape Coral, Florida, um, longtime guest and friend of the show, local comedian and all-around funny guy and TikToker, Mr. Larry Venturino. Larry, how are you doing today, sir? Good. What's up, Don? How are you doing? Good, man. It's been a while. I know. I know. I love coming on your show. I appreciate having you. Uh, you and I were just talking. We Right before COVID really started, we were doing the uh, Night of Comedy with that comp- with um, What's in Your Head podcast, and then things just kind of got a little dwindled down with COVID and all that. But anyhow, we're talking about maybe getting that back up and running here soon. But uh, all in all, what's everything like right now in the world of comedy and the way everything's going with people? Some people are afraid to go out. Some people take it as a challenge to go out. And some people, like myself, are like, it's just another day. Let's just go out. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. Just like living your life. But um, yeah, it seems like the clubs are um, and shows in general are, are getting packed and people are coming out to the shows. Uh, locally, we haven't had any real problems or anything like that. Like the shows we've been doing have been pretty good. And um, I'm starting to really um, add a lot of dates to my shows for the rest of the year and then into uh, 2022. So I'm really psyched about that. I know you had some trips to New York, some trips to Las Vegas, and, um, you got any out of state trips booked and coming up here soon? Um, I don't have anything booked right now. We just came back from, uh, New York in Rhode Island back in June. Um, right now focused on, I have like October is like all over Florida. Um, I have a lot of, a couple of different clubs I've been, I'm going to be doing, uh, towards the end of this year, then into next year, and um, and then I plan on maybe taking another trip up north, uh, maybe in May or June of 2022. So, and then whatever happens in between, um, you know, if it takes me out of state or just different places in Florida, I'm trying to focus on right now. Do you kind of have to adjust your set, or obviously the sense of humor, the energy? In a place like Vegas, or or even more importantly, like um, New York, I'm sure it's substantially different than uh, playing a gig here in Southwest Florida. Do you adjust yeah. your set at all, or do you just go with it? And you know, well, it's been it's been uh, a little bit since I've been to Vegas, um, and the show I the last show I did there did not go well for me. I don't think it had anything to do with adjusting jokes or or anything. It was just like a weird weird night, but. Um, you know, just being up north into uh, New York and Rhode Island, um, you can tell that some of the jokes, sometimes people are a little bit hesitant, um, but then you kind of can make, turn that into like, um, kind of just bas- bashing them for being too woke, but I don't care. Like, um, so I did a hometown show I'm from, originally from Rhode Island. And, um, and so I was there and I did said a couple of things that, you know, I was having a really good show and a couple of things that I said, oh, like, you know, this was not exactly, you know, what we do in, in Rhode Island right now. And I'm like, I live in America, yeah. in Florida. Exactly. <laughs> we, talk, we say whatever we want down there. We joke about whatever. But you know what? After all these shows, even in New York, if they were a little bit uptight about a joke, they do seem to 
still enjoy your show. It's just like almost like uh, in person or when it's happening, they are afraid to maybe completely support it sometimes, but it doesn't matter. Like it's kind of like, like are- it's kind of like when you're making a wife joke. And you can see the husband wanting to laugh, but he knows the wife's next to him, so he doesn't mm-hmm. want to get in trouble. It's like yeah. that, but in the woke version. Yeah. Well, so my so not only is my show not woke, but it's also definitely bashing his marriage and wives and and, and things like that. And so, like, I have to uh, combat that throughout my set. Uh, you know, you see my show. There's a couple of things that, like, and like the husbands may not uh, really be willing to laugh at right away, but you could also just turn that around and, and make fun of them uh, while that's happening. So it's fun and people loosen up usually. Well, Gordon just sent me a text. He's uh, getting ready to come on here shortly. Um, I figured, well, while we're waiting for him, um, I ran a search earlier. I was going to look for one of these generic articles, you know, oh, Rolling Stones, top 10 comedians of all time and all that, which is, yeah. you know, they're usually slanted. But I came across something else, and um, when I Googled it, it went to all, and it says comedians from sources across the web. And so this is yeah. a list in which Google has compiled, and yeah. I didn't want to pull up the entire list, but I got uh, about 33 of them here. Mm-hmm. If you had, as a comedian, as a working comedian yourself, who would you say is number one on the list of all time comedians, according to whatever algorithm? I know this is not providing a lot of detail, but Google don't say, Hey, based on this algorithm that just says from across the web, um, this is what you get when you Google top 10 comedians of all time. Who would you say is number one? Oh, me for sure. Larry Venturino, not (laughs) on the list. Okay. Let's preface it. with saying, uh, Top ten comedians who play could fill an arena. Let's just put maybe okay, no, no, I'm just kidding. put um, that level fill in there. arena. Um, I would say I'm gonna guess right now. Um, I'm gonna say Sebastian Maniscalco, possibly. Not on the top thirty-three. Really? Now Not. keep in mind that there's going to be some old cats on here too because this is across the web. But think okay. logically. Uh, who kind of made who kind of made a comeback within the last year or two with some uh, Netflix specials? Um, wait, Chappelle. Yes, and, Chappelle well, is listed as well, number one. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna. I, honestly, you don't have to believe me. I was gonna say Ch- Chappelle, but the thing is, you know, I mentioned Ch- Sebastian, and that's it's really kind of uh, crazy to me that he's not on that list because I mean he sells out like hockey arenas, like he sold out like. A couple of nights in a row at BB and T Center. I mean, he has what's uh, you know theater wise. He has seven seven shows here in November uh, in Fort Myers that are completely sold out, um, and he's like all over the place and he's playing like these big places. So that's why I kind of mentioned him. But I figured you know obviously Chappelle would be up there. Well, the, uh, the thing about uh, Maniscalco is he's kind of a comedian's lover comedian, meaning yeah. um, a lot of your general um occasional comedian listener and, and the reason i say this is granted it's been four years now but when i worked for stan and haney and we gave away some tickets we had a couple people not knowing who he was versus a of dave Chappelle. this is the first time i've ever drank a mountain dew on here and look because of the bottles green it's it's like <laughs> oh that's, cool. that's it's fun. like mystery okay um i just sent gordon another invite he should be here momentarily um yeah let's go who do you think's number two 
Oh, man. Um, all time. I don't know. I mean, you have to think of all, like Carlin and... Carlin's Fire, number four. Eddie Murphy, probably Eddie Murphy. Okay, you just listed three of the top uh, five. Uh, yeah. Pryor's number three, which mm-hmm. some may, people say he should be more like a number two. Carlin's number th- four, which I had the great pleasure to see him before he passed away when he played uh, Barbara B. Mann. So okay. I was thrilled with that. So, But number two is Chris Rock, which kind of makes <clears throat> sense, especially yeah. if we go based on the whole... Um, household name versus everybody else. Um, you said Eddie Murphy, he's number five. Yeah. Um, Jerry Seinfeld, number six on this list. Yeah. Robin Williams. No, you think he should be higher than seven? No, I mean, I mean, I guess, I guess you'll see if uh, people like looking for him and, and searching him and watching his stuff. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense that he's in the top 10 for sure, but, I think most people 30 and under know him as more of a stellar actor yeah, versus stand-up. a stand-up. But uh, back in the day, I don't know if it was um, in New York, if it was Caroline's or what, but uh, there was a bit they would play on Comedy Central every once in a while where he mm-hmm. was just coked out of his gourd. And, yeah. and that's the one where he did the old man, um, where he kind of did the man from the future at the very end, and that was his closing yeah, yeah. bit. That is a fantastic, that whole set he did. And I've looked, I can't find it on YouTube or anywhere. That in and in of itself is a fantastic bit. It says yeah. Gordon's in uh, coming in. Um, anyhow, so while we're waiting on him to come in here. Further on down the list, Bill Hicks. Yeah. Once again, he's a comedian's comedian. I don't know yeah. if the general population knows him. And I... <laughs> How much do you think his material would stand up in general pop? Not let's not say today. Today's too woke, but let's say twenty years ago. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm I'm kind of a weird person to talk to about this stuff because first of all, let me go back real quick. And you kind of mentioned Sebastian as being a comedian's comedian. Like I know a lot of people who do not like him at all, like uh, like other comedians. And I think he's fantastic, whatever. I, I actually really like him and stuff. And um, so that kind of, it's kind of surprising to, you know, to, for him to be a comedian's comedian. I don't really see that. Um, Bill Hicks, so, I don't know. I don't like to talk shit about anyone. Obviously, these people are way better <laughs> and more well known than me, obviously, and they always will be. But it's, um, it's, it's just sometimes I'm just not into, like, I don't, I don't know how much he trans, like, translates now you know what i mean yeah i think he's kind of like how um nwa was back in the day they got more notoriety for the things they got arrested for than the actual content which they put out mm-hmm. so you, you know yeah. you, we got to give him credit for the fact that you know he was basically the civil rights comedian not in the, the content of which he was fighting for but his overwhelming desire to put himself out there and uh, getting at risk at being arrested for the things he was saying to the point that, yeah. you know, a lot of his shows near the end was just him reading transcripts from his court, his court proceedings. Yeah. And it kind of, it must turn into a spoken word, you know, fuck the man, you know, session near the end. Louis CK. Yeah. Now it's interesting to me that this list hasn't been affected by the, uh, cancel culture. 
Yeah, well, he's tremendous. He's one of the greatest of all time. I would put him above some of the other guys. I'm not even going to say who, whatever. I mean, again, who am I? But, like, uh, to say whatever. And uh, I don't typically just, like, like to really judge other accounts. But um, Louis C.K., to me, is one of the funniest uh, and, you know, greatest of all time. I like him more than some of those other people on the list. Um and so I'm not surprised by that. I think he's transcended um, his incident a little bit to the fact that like people still like him so much and they recognize how 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 good he is that he's still super super popular, and it's not gonna completely. It didn't really completely destroy his career. Well, interestingly enough, on the list wedged in between Bill Cosby and Louis C.K. is Kevin Hart. And so Kevin Hart is actually in between Bill Cosby. So somehow he got wedged in between the two guys who kind of, obviously Bill Cosby is, a, in a, is on a different level. But, yeah. it, you know, clearly this, it's kind of just interesting to see that uh, Google hasn't been affected by by the whole cancel thing. Hi, Gordon. Yeah. How are you? Frustrated? I'm about to go to jail myself. Tell you what, uh, Larry has a brick background. You got the hardwood floor. I think if I change mine to the corrugated steel, we'll look like the uh, shopping section in Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> um, real quick, just to bump through here, Mitch Hedberg is after Bill Cosby. Yeah, um, Bill uh, Mitch Hedberg. You know, he did a lot. His stuff was very on the nose and very punny, and I loved his stuff. Um, I always thought he was in the same vein as Stephen Wright. Um, Stephen Wright's not on this list. No, I only pulled the first. See, then the, the list needs something needs to happen. I don't like um, because to me, Stephen Wright is in the top three of all time. Mm -hmm. um, for me, he's uh, I have two top comedians. He's one of them, and you know, obviously, Mitch Hedberg is compared to Stephen Wright a lot, um, but. They have a little bit. I, I would. I, I, there's difference. A little bit of difference in their in their deliveries, and then their. I don't know, just. I don't know. Just kind of what they talked about, whatever. But um, obviously, a lot of similarities to. But I, I think. Once again, I don't know what the algorithm is. I just this is just what came up on Google. It says comedians from across yeah. the web. Um, well, that's the problem. It came up on Google. Well, I was I was telling Larry I was looking for like a a, a story top ten comedian. I just Google top ten comedians. I was expecting to find like a Rolling Stone or whatever, but Google actually had this where they just showed all these photos, and I just thought yeah. it was interesting in the order. Um, Bill Burr, Steve Martin, is before yeah. David Letterman. But once again, it hasn't. It's been since the seventies since Letterman's done stand up. I mean, if we're talking yeah. stand up more than after David Letterman's Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. Um, Lenny Bruce is after Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Don Rickles. I'm sorry, no, I missed. Stephen Wright is on here. He's right after Don Rickles and before Joan Rivers. Oh, okay. And then Jim Gaffigan, Red Fox, Norm Macdonald sadly passed away. That's a huge loss. Yeah. Yeah. But once we found out that he had actually been fighting that cancer for nine years, it explains why his content has dropped off as far as him doing. I mean, he still did some work, but he has, yeah. he definitely did, didn't do the amount. Uh, Jim Gaffigan, Red Fox, Norm MacDonald, Sarah Silverman, Bob Newhart, Jim Carrey, Jonathan Winters, Eddie Izzard, Bernie Mac, Patton Oswald, John Mulaney, uh, Tignataro, Conan O'Brien, Sam Kennison, Mike Birbiglia, who's great. Ellen DeGeneres. Um, 
Oh, and I think nowadays most people just consider her a talk show host. Johnny Carson and Ricky Gervais. You know, some of that, like, it, I know it's the algorithm and, and whatever, but some of that, while, like, they would not be on my list if I made them, I made a list for sure. And don't even hold up to today. Yeah. You know? No. And here's a couple of things. I'm not going to completely point out things, but um, some of the, to me, some of the, you know, you should respect, like, the old, old timers and, and what they did and some of the groundbreaking things that they did. But it's almost like, when people like our age are looking back or they're making a list and they add some of these people on there, it's almost like adding them because you feel like you have to, or you're trying to look like, you or, know, or they hold homage, you know? Yeah. They hold yeah. a certain place in your heart. Like 40 year old saying Goonies was great. You, are you saying that <laughs> Gallagher was not on oh, that oh, list? Oh, 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 hold <laughs> <up>. <laughs> the Goonies is great. <laughs> Um, it's, Goonies it's, is good I, for a 13 year old I still watch I still enjoy it I, But I'm sure my dad didn't enjoy it When he was in his 30s <laughs> when it came out It is my <laughs> wife's favorite movie And anytime it's on cable yeah, It's, it's, it's on my favorite movie too. It's my favorite movie ever. You know what I would love to do I would love to rent out a movie theater And yeah. invite a bunch of 18 to 23 year olds Hide cameras in there and sit down and watch Revenge of the Nerds 1, 2, and 3 with them. And just watch your heads fucking explode. Because the yeah. first one basically is a date rape scene. When he goes into yeah. the moon roof with his Darth Vader helmet on, she thinks he's the jock. They have sex. Then he reveals himself. Oh, you're that nerd. Okay. It's like, really? <laughs> you just had sex with somebody you didn't? You know, and, and, and obviously with all the nudity in there, just people's heads would explode. Talk, talk oh, about yeah. movies that don't hold up. I just happened to catch it before i came upstairs during dinner um police academy 2 really yeah i want is that you know that's just not watching, uh, that's not citizens on patrol that's the one no, with that's david spade the first assignment yes i watched that the it's other got, day too. Uh, it's got um oh my god it's got david spade it's got bobcat goldthwaite but he plays bobcat the bad goldthwaite. guy this isn't when he joins the academy this is his first premiere tony hawk did all the skateboard uh extras for david spade um and it had the guy who played the teacher on head of the class talking about our generation. Oh wow! <laughs> well, the way I saw it is, it was a, the scene where they shot up that guy's um, light store with all the chandeliers. <laughs> so I thought, oh my god, this is exactly what BLM and the left think that the cops are like today. Yeah, <laughs> and it, it, that was go little... in, no control. <laughs> See, growing up in the '80s, we're more familiar because it HBO ran the shit out of it with Citizens yeah. on Patrol. You remember oh, in the yeah. opening scene of Citizen on Patrol when Bobcat Goldthwaite is on his Harley and he pulls up to the little guy in the scooter? Hey, where do you put the batteries? That's the yeah. guy who owned the chandelier store in Part Two. Oh yeah, and it's so funny because he does this thing where he's like putting on laser lights, he has a fake dog bark, and he puts down hurricane shutters, razor wires. He has a uh, terminator cardboard cutout in the window it does all this stuff and then like some basic simple robbery happens after he locks everything down um i was gonna do a tiktok on this the other day but i didn't um actually i recorded it but i i couldn't pull the trigger on it and this would be a good topic because uh larry and i and gordon could probably agree with this larry what's your favorite type of taco taco yes beef steak fish Chicken, pork. You, you're gonna kill me. I, I really don't. 
I'm not really into tacos too much, but I do like oh, beef. shit. <laughs> okay. yeah, beef, would be, beef would be my uh, favorite, though. Gordon, how about you? Well, I actually like pork. Do your like carnitas or last night I actually made a uh, we had smoked a um, uh, pork shoulder over the weekend and I had a, uh, a pulled pork brisket uh, or pulled pork taco last night. Fantastic. When you eat beef tacos out at a restaurant, do you, yeah. when you go to a restaurant, do you order beef tacos? No. Occasionally. Okay. Do you does the beef taco in which you order depend on? Uh, the ethnicity of the person who owns the shop in which you're buying it from. No. This is why I didn't do the TikTok. No, like Roberto's, I like their beef tacos, and that is actually straight up. Um, and, and, and Vinny's been out here in Vegas, and I think Roberto's was so famous it ended up on CSI once. But uh, it's very authentic. Well, that was going to say. It's like a shredded beef, right? Well. Um, but not Taco Bell. I wouldn't order a beef taco. Well, there. what I have found, if I go into – what I assume to be an Anglo chain, Anglo operated chain, I find the beef tacos all taste like they use the seasoning pack that you pick up at a grocery store. Yeah. And it's like, I can get that taste at home. I want a different taste. So when I go to an Anglo type place like your Moe's or your Chipotle or your three star, uh, three pepper burrito company, I always get the steak burritos because I love steak. If I'm going to an authentic mom and pop, Hispanic owned or Cuban owned place that sell, you know, Cuban slash talk Mexican slash whatever Southwest. I find their beef tacos are far more superior. I don't know if it's the home recipes they're using, if they're using their own mixture of spices. But to me, every time I go to a major chain, the, all the beef tacos all taste the same and they all taste like they use the Ortega shit that you get at Publix in the dry pack. Right. And it's like, why, what is the difference? Why does every Anglo-operated taco place, their tacos all taste the same, which tastes like the shit I can make at home? I'm here because I want good food, not something I can reproduce at home at half the cost. Well, there is hope. Okay. There's a a chain that's growing. It was originally started by a a couple out of St. George, Utah, called Cafe Rio. And uh, their various uh, beefs are definitely not like that at all. It's fantastic. I walked into, and I'm not calling them out because I love their stick tacos. Um, and you know the three pepper burrito, which is in the old Starbucks next to your comedy club. Yeah. And I always, and there's one here in Cape Coral next to what used to be the Blockbuster video. And I always go in there, I get their steak. Their steaks are great. So I'm not slamming them. But I went into the one by your, the comedy club that you go to. And I said, let me get three steak tacos. They said, we're out of steak. We got beef, chicken, and pork. I said, I'm going to Patinella's. Thank you very much. I walked next door. Have you ever been to that Patinella's chicken grill? No, I have it all these years. Do you like gyros? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah. Go in there and get the Greek bowl. It's basically a gyro, but instead of on a pita, it's on a bed of rice. And it's so damn oh. good. So I just walked over there. And that's when I had the thought. I walked around. I was like, well, why didn't I get the beef tacos? And I realized, oh, that's because I know it's going to taste like the ones that I can make at I home. I could have made it at home. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it saved so, some money. So, I mean, it's in my subconscious, it's that bad that I walked out of there, walked around the corner into Patinella's and got some Greek food instead. <laughs> well, American Greek food. Yeah. Do, 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 do. How you been, Gordon? Other than your internet driving you nuts? Uh, yeah, my computer. Yeah. So the thing was running completely, just horribly slow, like it was underwater. Mm-hmm. I figured I'd reboot it, and then all of a sudden I got that screen. You know, please don't shut it off. Windows is preparing to uh, restart. And I'm like, ugh, for 20, 30 minutes. Uh, otherwise, I am doing all right. I lost all my notes I had. Oh, 
Well, so, I will buy some time for you. I know Larry has a hard out. He's got some things to do. Larry, um, I know you got, you're got hosting a show this weekend. Why don't you go out and give give out your plugs, and then uh, you can bounce out of here, and we'll just go. Oh, yeah. I appreciate yeah, you helping me fill some time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, uh, I just want to talk about a couple of different things. Uh, October is going to be pretty packed. Uh, I'm going to be at Pisani's in Port Charlotte on Saturday night, the late show with uh, Frank Del Pizzo. Frank's doing the um, headlining all week at Pisani's. Uh, so that'll be a great show, but I'm going to be hosting on the uh, the Saturday late show. I'm going to be, uh, you know, all around Florida this month. Uh, but one thing I would kind of want to plug, if you don't mind, sure. it's, not, it's um, November 6th in Naples at the Norris Center, which is right off of uh, like Fifth Avenue downtown. Uh, myself, Frank Del Pizzo, and Christopher Coles, we're doing a show there. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's a beautiful theater. Um, Chris and I and another another comic did it a couple of years ago before COVID. Uh, it's going to start being a regular thing. Um, it, it's the home of the Gulf Shore Playhouse. Okay. Yeah, but they're moving into a whole new building, and so I think we're going to be doing some more comedy in the in the you know next year or two as those things. Uh, as they get their new place. But anyway, the North Center is a 200-seat theater, huge stage, a lot of fun. You go in there, they might have some drinks and some snacks, whatever. You basically are just going there for the show, see the show, then you can hit Fifth Avenue, go to eat or whatever. But um, that's like if you go on Eventbrite, Funny Fellas, the Funny Fellas uh, Comedy Night at the North Center in Naples. Um, would love for people to come out to that. Otherwise, they're going to be Far, like I'm in Gainesville and Parrish and all these different places around how's, Florida. October. How's comedy in Parrish? I don't know. I've never been there. Uh, uh, so I, I'm gonna be. It's gonna be my. I'm actually headlining those shows. There's two shows. Um, it's at the uh, illustrious mm-hmm. Beefo Brady's. <laughs> uh, nice. No, it's so, not Irish so, Gordon. It's American. It's a no, no. I've oh. been to Beefo Brady's. <laughs> I, yeah. I know what you're talking no, so, about. So, no, this place actually, um, they have comedy nights, I think, uh, a couple times a month. And they have a stage. They have, it's like a cool setup. It's not like you're just doing it in front of um, the Patriots game. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> um, it's like, it, no, it's actually a really nice setup, it looks like. And they have sold-out shows every every time they do them. And there's a 4 o'clock. Oh, my God. Ooh. 4 o'clock show. And wow, that's, that's parish and is a that's Parrish yeah. is a very small town. Um, one reason I'm familiar with it is that's where the National Florida uh, Train Museum is. And every uh-huh. year we do the um, Von Kessinger Express. It's actually pretty cool. It's kind of like a murder mystery uh, oh. train ride, but without the murder mystery. It's based in World War II. Yeah, um, it's cool. one of the least authentic uh, World War II reenactments. But you actually buy a, a t- ticket for the train, right? And yeah. it goes down the track. And so as the public shows up, they show up to the train station. There's 15-foot Swatska flags, all these Germans walking around because you're supposed to be in German-occupied France. And so when yeah. you get on the train, um, the German reenactors are ad-libbing. They're walking around doing improv. The train goes five miles down the track. They get out. They execute somebody. The airborne comes in, a skirmish. Long story short, it's a reenactment built into a moving train. So it's pretty cool. So I've been to Paris a handful of times. but So, yeah, when he said you're doing one in Paris, I was like, oh, that ought to be fun. But, yeah, they're yeah. – they show up for that, so I'm sure they show up for comedy too. So you should yeah. have a good time out there. Yeah, there's a four o'clock and a seven o'clock show. So I'm actually headlining those shows, and 
Um, I'm excited for those. Um, but well, yeah, Bifo Brady um, closes at 11, so yeah, you can't have yeah, 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 you have to get it in and out. Yeah, but yeah. Do you have so, a website with all these dates on it, or people hit, you, uh, or do you want to go yep. to your Facebook or Instagram? Yeah, LarryBenturino.com has all my shows. Uh, right now, I have 28 events coming up through the end of this year and into next year, and I'm adding more dates like every couple of days. So. Um, have a lot of stuff going on, a lot of bigger shows, a lot of uh, a couple of different appearances in uh, Tampa um, and basically all over Florida. And then I'm going to be uh, hopefully again um, somewhere up north in the coming months and and uh, we'll just go from there. But I was up there and now I'm just trying to go around Florida as much as I can right now and get some shows in and then build from there right now. You know, I, Larry and I became aware of each other when I was doing a Google search looking for some improv troops around here. Still don't have any, but maybe that's something yeah. we can work really on for the future. I really should take the advantage of being out of here and, and going to Yeah, a- you're in Vegas. I'm sure you got improv troops all over the goddamn place you could join up with. Yeah. But Larry, thank you so much, and uh, you have a great evening. And anytime you want to come on, and I will get to uh, hit you up with uh, the things that you and I were discussing off the air because that could be a lot of fun and thrill. Yeah. Sure, sure. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a good night. Thank you. All right, bye. So, Gordon, I was listening to a podcast that you and I both listen to quite regularly the other day, Mm -hmm. and uh, that is the Adam Carolla Show, and he had Vinny Tortridge on, who's been on our show twice. He's a friend of the show. Yeah, I haven't actually listened to that one yet. And, um, well, he he played two, uh, two clips. One, uh, Vinny kind of started, and, and we kind of touched on a few times here. I'll just play it. And that is, you know, the health issue and how during COVID we didn't take advantage of um, the truth and suggest to people that maybe they start working on their fitness and their weight, particularly young kids. Yeah, and I actually did, and then I fell off the tracks. So. so the conversation started here. I, I am so disgusted by what happened during the pandemic. You know, I was yelling that kids are going to get fatter and fatter. We're doing the wrong thing. They we got to get them out. We got to get them moving. It seems like every time I get in an airport now, I'm I'm out at Atlanta. The past four trips I've been in Atlanta. People to me, because I'm looking at this, I'm always looking at this, are noticeably fatter. And not just anyone, kids are getting fatter and fatter, and they don't look like kids anymore. When I was a kid, you know, there was a song called Like a Rock. You know, I was Mm -hmm. strong and I was in it, Like a Rock, right? We were all wiry and thin, and we all lived in a country, and that was great. Kids today don't look like the human beings we looked like 50 years ago. Not even close. If they had their shirts off, you would never see a ribcage, number one. No. Number two... They're making jeans where it almost looks like something from Aesop's Fables where you see this big giant body with these little skinny legs and these. So they have no ass on them anymore because these kids aren't out playing and moving. They don't have legs on them. And their backs look like turtles because all they do is stay bunched over looking at a damn two-by-four-inch piece of glass their entire life. And this is, we're not moving in a good direction. It'll be interesting to see in five, ten years um, x-rays of kids and how their spines are developing and how their necks are developing. From they constantly- look like a bunch of kids who grew up with no self-esteem. Well, not only that, but if everybody's doing it, is it going to be the next evolutionary step for humans? Or- it's us uh, one step closer to becoming the greys. 
or will technology change here in another five to ten years where we're no longer looking at cell phones because we have the shit embedded in our brains and so maybe our bodies will start straightening out it's a good question you know i gotta be i gotta be very vague about this but um i know someone who has to teach a child and this child has behavioral issues and at some point someone who works with this child thought it would be a good reward system to uh, give this child cold Starbucks espressos to drink at seven in the morning. It's like just giving an elementary crack school crack for being good, right? Well, yes. And kind of, but it's like, is it occurred to anyone that maybe this young, young person in elementary school is having behavioral issues and concentration issues because not only are you giving them, Starbucks, but you know they probably drank one or two Mountain Dews before they left the house in the morning, and they well, probably don't have a proper it. diet. Have you ever seen the um, the study where they took spiders and they put them on a spider and put them on different drugs? Mm-hmm. And the different and the uh, one that was on caffeine, the web was just all over the place. Yep. Well, it's like we've mentioned nauseam on here, the old Penn and Teller bullshit show, and how you know, and I'm sure people can find holes and cracks in it. And whenever you're making shows like that, you you make the um, the storyline go with what you're trying to get across, but they showed numbers and I talked to administration and there was this behavioral school where all these kids have been kicked out of all these other schools. And one of the things they did is they got rid of the government ran lunches. They brought in a chef who Mm -hmm. sourced local vegetables and figured out a way to make school lunches that cost roughly around the same price as the government lunches at that time, 10 years ago. And they got rid of all the vending machines and basically did water and that was pretty much it. Maybe some like sugar-free Gatorade if they existed back then. But the 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 crux of the story is is you got an entire school of kids who've been expelled and kicked out and gone through juvie, have behavioral and criminal issues, and ninety-three percent of those issues went away simply by changing their diet throughout the day. And it, I mean, it makes sense. You you got kids who aren't who have bad sleep patterns because their parents aren't making them go to bed at a decent time. Then they get up and they're just hammering <laughs> caffeine and eating sugar and all the horrible crap, you know. And as Vinny said multiple times, back in the day, orange juice, part of the complete balanced breakfast. Well, an eight ounce glass of orange juice has more sugar than a can of soda. Yes, it does. Just put that in perspective. And so, even apple juice, you know? Yeah, so you're eating an apple juice or orange juice, you're getting all that sugar, and then you're going to school and you're getting your eight ounce glass of Starbucks freaking latte. Well, I tell you what, I know now exactly why Vinny said never come off the no sugar, no grains diet because it's a mofo to get back on, and we are struggling. What's up, John Kraft? What's up, Paul Harper's back? I ain't seen Paul in a while. Welcome back, Paul. Yeah, no, I get it. Trust me, here's my mystery bottle. Why is my mystery bottle? Because it's Mountain Dew and it's It's green. green. I got to get off the soda. It's yes. it's so dumb the amount of exercise I do and beat myself up just to negate all of it. And by it's drinking weird. Calories. It's like you'll be driving somewhere and it's all of a sudden you you feel the flavor in your mouth, right? And it's mm-hmm. like I gotta go get this. And then so and I think what happened this week to me uh, really told me okay can't do this ever again. Not number one I've been trying to go the right way, but I went I bought a can of Mountain Dew. Mm-hmm. I bought a king size Reese's cup. The ones you don't like, the double thick ones, because mm-hmm. I like peanut butter. I went, I paid four dollars and eight cents. Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, no, it's no more. 
I told I called you complaining. There's a fish and chips here place here in Cape Coral. I don't want to put them on blast, so I won't say the name. Not that there's a whole lot of them. Um, and they make great fish and chips. You get a plate of, you know, you go inside and it's all done up like Britain and all that, and it's authentic. And it's you when you order it, they pull out a thing of there's fresh, you know, cod, not pre-breaded, not frozen. It looks like you just picked it up from the seafood section of your high-end grocery store. So, I mean, it's it's quality fish, and it's very good. And then they bread it, and they fry it, and they do the whole thing. But I called and put in a to-go order for three of them, just three regulars. Showed up, and they're like $49. I'm thinking, what? I could have went to fucking Outback Steakhouse for, <laughs> for that. Nah, that's now 60 bucks. Yeah, well... <laughs> And, Everything's getting expensive. And, but I didn't say anything. The guy behind me walks in and he gets his too. And they're like thirty three. He's like thirty three dollars. They're like, yeah. The new owner just raised the prices. And I looked up on the wall. One order of regular fish and chips fourteen ninety nine. Well, I'm sure a lot of that is the spike in food pricing. That's just yeah. And like I said, it. it is fresh fish. But when you're want, trying to feed a family for three, and like, do I want to spend fifty dollars on fish and French fries? Yeah, now you go get fish sticks and you'll pay what you used to pay for that. No, that's just now a place that I'm going to relegate to a lunch for Don by himself. (laughs) (laughs) You know, because I feel a little special. Not everybody appreciates it. They're like, okay, I guess I'll eat that because I'm tired of hamburgers. But now I got I've got to ask you a question in regards to fish and chips, Mm -hmm. and you better not answer it incorrectly, Mm -hmm. or you will get tossed from the fish and chips place. When you have your fish and chips. And your cat and your uh, fries, which is your chips. Mm-hmm. What do you put on them? On the fish or the fries? Either or, or both. Uh, you're you're looking for a malt vinegar, which I don't put on there. Ah, uh, you're tossed. Um, I don't put ketchup on my fries. I, you know, I. I you got, just straight up tartar sauce. Or? Yeah. Okay, you kinda, don't like the malt vinegar. Uh, Have you tried it? No, but I mean, I I never eat there. Ah, and so you know, it. it's a delight. I'll, I'll give it. A, I'll give it a whirly bird, especially on fries. If you go to Five Guys, there's a little malt vinegar on those fries. Five Guys, you'll, you'll wonder where you've fries. been. Carrie made the. Hey. Carrie made the proclamation that she is not a fan of their fries. Who Five Guys? Yeah, I like their fries. I love their fries. Um, I, I I do like uh, my In and Out, but I, Five Guys is better. And Especially if you get that extra, what, that spicy seasoning they have? Yeah, we don't do that. I, I would by myself, but uh, yeah, the Cajun seasoning. You know, it's interesting. It's a little I, bit all right. I don't put ketchup on much of anything. Obviously, if it comes on a hamburger or I'll put it on a White Castle, but I don't put it on my French fries. I don't know, not because of caloric. I just, I really don't do it. I find other things. So I saw a TikTok video. Well, hold on. You. Just because we're on this topic and it already had yes. the list pulled up, so we're going to segue into this. Okay. Um, it's not an ima- your imagination. Restaurant drive-thrus are slower and less accurate. <laughs> no shit, mm-hmm. and they want more money. Restaurant drive-thrus have become slower and less accurate in 2021, according to Sleeve. I'm sorry, Sea Level HX annual report. I'm guessing that's some sort of restaurant and um, you know documentation place. The average total time spent in the drive-thru lane, which if you watch any of my TikToks, I've done some a lot of material on this, which is the other reason I bring this story up. Um, the 
the total time spent in drive-through lane has increased more than 25 seconds from a year ago to 382 seconds. Let that sink in. For those of you who want to scream at me at TikTok for doing my videos on hold times and why you shouldn't pull forward if you're not, not to mention the gas that you're freaking burning now if there's someone behind you they could have you know just a drink and a hamburger and you're holding them up so please pull forward but if there's no one behind you in line and they ask you to pull into that parking spot just sit there because the reason they're asking you to pull up is because you're playing the hold time game so that corporate thinks they're providing service quicker than they are well, so, did I tell you about my uh, my experience with the hold time thing at um, Burger King recently? No, I'll let you do that. Let me just finish. I'm not going to read this whole story. But um, anyhow, um, more than 25 seconds uh, from a year ago to 382 compared to the pre-pandemic time. This is nearly a minute longer. Orders accuracy has dropped 85% this year. Um, from the 87% in 2020. I'm sorry, dropped 285. So it's down 2%, which ain't huge. But uh, sea level H. off 15% of the time. Yeah. Sea uh, level HX used mystery shoppers to wait and drive through. I would need that job. Uh, to wait and drive through lines across 10 chains and 1,492 restaurant locations from July through early August to compile the annual study. More than half of those orders placed happened during lunch hours. Drive-through drive time accuracy has been a key performance metric in the fast food chain for decades. Both the coronavirus pandemic has heightened their importance. As restaurants shutter their dining rooms, customers return to the drive-through lanes to pick up their tacos and fries. Let's be honest. Most people went through the drive-through pre-pandemic because we're too fat and lazy to get you, out of our cars. The McDonald's around here, Jack in the Box, still have their, um, most of them still have their dining rooms closed. That's because they don't want to pay employees to, to clean up. Or is it they don't want to deal with the whole mask situation? It could be that, but not only you don't, you don't have to deal with the frustration of the mask, you don't have to pay, take someone off the line to clean tables, sweep floors, and more importantly, clean those fucking bathrooms. And those attitudes in the drive-thru. Holy crap. This trend hasn't disappeared even though many customers have gotten vaccinated and the resurgence of the new COVID-19 cases driven by the Delta variant have given a further staying power in August. drive through visits claimed 11% compared to the same time a year ago, accounted for 41% off-premise orders. But yeah, so they've definitely gotten slower. Um, have you ever tried to call and complain when your order got effed up? And the phone <sighs> just rings and rings and rings and it's like nobody ever picks up? So... The last time I, I complained, um, it was at a place we used to enjoy, a place that started in Miami. It's called uh, El Pollo Tropical. Uh -huh. The Tropical Chicken. And El Pollo Tropical used to have tropical wings. We'd get them all the time. They discontinued them, so we stopped going. But then we went back. You can get you know grilled, grilled chickens and pulled pork and all that stuff. It's really good stuff. Plantains. And we had we haven't been there in months, and I finally put it a I put in a uh, order ordered online, ordered online. Carrie ordered it. Um, supposed to be ready in 15 minutes. The closest one's 10 minutes from my house. I drove down there. Nugget was with me. Left her in the car. Walked inside, no mask, because I was expecting to walk in there and get my shit and leave. And said, "Hey, I'm here. Pick up my food. Gave my last name." And as he walked by, I said, or look under, and I gave Carrie's last name. No, it's not ready yet. Standing there, 
guy behind me in line puts his food order in, guy behind him puts his food. Long story short, I'm standing there as the people who ordered after me in the store, even though I put my order online, got their food and were leaving. I finally said, hey, what is going on here? I've been standing here for 15 minutes. I've already put my order in 15 minutes ago. I'm supposed to pick it up. It's supposed to be ready. Three people behind me just ordered their food in real time and got their food while I'm standing here. And I gave them the two names again, and it was under Carrie's name. And um, I said, well, great, now my food's cold. The guy looked at me and said, as I'm, I, I, I kind of made a scene, and as I'm walking out, the guy yells at me, he's like, next time wear a mask. Oh, fuck yourself. I said, I put in a to-go order. I should only been in here for 15 seconds. I didn't think I was going to need a fucking mask. And so I was pissed, and I called corporate. And usually you call a restaurant place, and the phone rang a few times, and uh, called them, told them what happened. And usually the go-to is, sorry about that. Let's put your name on a list. We'll reimburse you. Get free food next time. Told them the whole story. Uh Uh-huh. And? Huh? Dude was completely apathetic. Gave no shits. Basically was probably waiting to tell me next time to wear a mask. It was the most just wait. I just, I have never gone back. It was insane. But what happened to you at Burger King? So I I went to Burger King a couple of months ago. Down down the... uh, street from my work i just needed to do a quick lunch and uh <laughs> pulled up and was waiting just took my order those cars were waiting finally made it around noticed that the car was sitting there at the first window yep sitting there at the first window got his drink and stuff sitting there at the first window then went to the second window instantly got his bag and moved on so i pulled up and he said uh got my drink he goes hey can you wait here a second? Sure. Because my timer's on the second window. <laughs> well, and this is where the conversation goes. So I sit there. He disappears. He actually gives me my drink. I go up. He comes back to the window. He says, go on up to the next window. I go up there. He's back at the next window. Mm-hmm. Same guy. Mm-hmm. He hands me a thing. I said, I got a question for you. This is a timer thing, isn't it? He goes, mm-hmm. absolutely. I said, can you pass this on to your management from a customer this actually works the opposite of what you intend mm-hmm. this is what pisses off customers i was at the local kfc playing the timer game uh one time she asked me to pull around and i said can i get my drink and she's like i'll bring it out to you i said no usually when you ask a customer you want to at least give them their drinks so they have something to do while they're waiting for their food and so she brought me a drink the second time i was out there waiting come out and give food other cars and waiting and she comes up she's like are you waiting for food yeah they had forgotten about me because i wasn't on their timer and that was just did i asked him i said so what's the deal why do you have to he goes if we don't do it, we're in trouble yeah because if we don't have our time at a certain spot we're in trouble i'm like well it sounds like your you management just needs to work on the efficiency mm-hmm. get the right people where they need to be and this will flow like that but evidently, your kitchen can't keep up, mm-hmm. so therefore, we're playing the timer game. I had an epiphany tonight. Chinese food restaurant rice is as to American fast food French fries, and that is they constantly give us shitty quality rice. We constantly get shitty quality French fries, yet we keep going back. And then when we get it, like, wow, this rice is dry. Well, no shit, because that's they it's, make it too early. It sits around too long, and are not going to throw it out. That's that's why you actually have to opt to go ahead and order uh, some chicken fried rice. 
to mm-hmm. eat as the rice. Mm-hmm. I know it's a lot more food, but uh, then you get rid of it. And then we feed the white rice to the dog. Well, no, this is the yellow with the peas and the carrots and all that oh, crap. Really? Yeah. Because that's the default in the General well, Tso's chicken a, combos here. we got a pretty big Chinese and Asian culture out here. So uh, I've not run into that problem too much except for like places like Panda Express. And so after the Vinny thing, Adam followed out up with this, which this is great. We're talking about the mask. We're talking about all the insanity behind it. Here is Dr. Fauci doing an interview in 2019, maybe the end of 2018, just a year short or maybe a few months short of the pandemic, doing an interview with a reporter talking about how people can get healthy. Because for those of you who don't know, Dr. Fauci didn't just get a sign when the pandemics were on. The guy's been doing, you know. Sketchy shit for a long time. Well, his, his job title is he's the head of the people who research pandemics and you know, flus and all that shit. Mm-hmm. And so here's him being interviewed before the pandemic. Speaking of this, because we were talking about lamenting the fact that we could have used COVID as an excuse to start talking about obesity and What's childhood up, obesity and exercise. Instead, there's a video that was going around a week and a half ago, and it was Fauci from 2019, and he was talking about exercise and working out and diet and oh. stuff, all the shit as soon as the pandemic hit, he shut the fuck up about all of that stuff. And the best way for me to prevent getting an infectious disease and having to have you as my doctor is what? Um, wearing a mask. No, um, no, no. I need to do that. <laughs> you, um, no. I can see they're ready, ready to sneeze or cough, you, walk away. You avoid all the paranoid aspects and okay. do something positive. A, good diet. B, you don't smoke, I know. I know you don't drink at least not very much, so that's pretty good. Get some exercise. I know that you don't get as much exercise as yes, you should. That's correct. Get good sleep. I think the, the normal, low-tech, healthy things okay. are the best thing that you can do, David, is stay All healthy. Right. He said, this guy changes his mind more than I change my underwear. He said, get rid of the paranoid aspects. And the best way for me to prevent getting an infectious disease and having to have you as my doctor is what? Um, Wearing a mask. No, 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 no. Don't wear a mask. But he's been beating the paranoia drum for the last year and a half. This was 2019 before COVID. And the best way for me to prevent getting an infectious disease and having to have you as my doctor is what? Follow the politics. Um, Wearing a mask. No, no, no. Don't need to do that. I can see they're ready to sneeze or cough, walk away. You avoid all the paranoid aspects and do something. If I see someone preparing to sneeze and cough, walk away. He said, no, you avoid all the paranoid aspects, work on exercise, diet, don't smoke. Basically, all the shit Vinny was saying we should have capitalized on during the pandemic and lockdown, but they went the complete opposite. It's 2020. You can't fat shame people. You can't tell them. We got to just fall on the fake mass aspect. How much do you think it's been going on? Is The reason they haven't brought it up is because they will be told they're fat shaming. Oh, uh, on that side, ninety-two percent. If Fauci was propped up, let's say Fauci and Trump got along great, and let's say you know he leaned more right, mm-hmm. and he had the, and let's say the media was opposite. Let's say ninety-two percent of the media was Republican, and then Fox News was the left-leaning media would be the only one to give him shit. It would have been the mm-hmm. other way. It would have been diet, exercise, got to lose weight. Most of these people are dying of COVID, have underlying issues as far as obesity. Um, diabetes, blah, 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 blah. But no, because of 
the way the world is and you don't want to get canceled on the internet you don't want to get fired you can't talk about people's weight and all that stuff it's 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 insane but we are going to lighten the load a little bit a little bit you are a fan of the show you yes i'm waiting for the third season to come out we called it and a lot of people also considered it the uh dexter for gen z yep and so well, i can't wait till dexter comes up but i hope that god it doesn't fall on its face and so a few weeks ago and i just became aware of it today the trailer as gordon just alluded to to you season three in my history of scared this is the most scared i've ever been congratulations dad it's a boy i've always believed in the one being your is changing me. For you, I'd move to some soulless suburb. Come latte with us. <laughs> For you, I'd marry the monster. Your mother loved. What could go wrong? We both have done bad things. I wanted to move here so that we could start new. We're just the nice, normal neighbors next door. We are a team. The best team. Oh no, this is bad. So now I have you. Things will be different this time. Something's going on. You're you're always distracted. Are you okay? You look paler than usual. I think we need to go to couples therapy. This came sooner than expected. Marriage isn't really built for secrets. There's no such thing as privacy in Madre Linda. You obsessed with her? Why don't you love me anymore? I was plotting something and I couldn't feel it. Why does everybody think I'm impulsive? You are not making me kill anyone! Am I the only one getting chills without cover? Britney Spears hit me, baby, one more time. Did you even realize that what that was? You, you better you better go take another COVID test. So, yep, you, season three, is coming out. We've been watching the shit out of Lucifer. Have you gotten to that Have one Have you yet? noticed his, uh, his, even his voices when he does narration mm, is very sounds like rhythmic? Yeah, rhythmic like Dexter. I don't know who... Obviously, it's a Netflix. I don't know who originally did you, but it would be interesting on t- the new season of Dexter if they have him on to, like just as a cameo <laughs> where Dexter kills off a character similar to his. But uh, that, um, if you guys are on Netflix and you haven't seen Lucifer, there's only six seasons of it. Check that out. That's pretty interesting. After a while, the episodes get a little templated and you kind of figure out who, who the killer is. It's like, okay, here's four actors you've never seen. Here's a character actor who's been in a handful of shows. At some point, he is going to be the killer. <laughs> but yeah, you, you start. It, it's a very interesting show if you guys haven't seen Lucifer. Well, it, it, I know it's kind of got a supernatural twist to it. You know, with the whole Lucifer thing, I do yourself a favor and actually watch Supernatural. It's on Netflix also. I think you will enjoy it. It's it's dark, it's funny, it's 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 some decent acting. Uh, there'll be some people you recognize on there. But I wanted to bring up something real quick, and <clears throat> it's a little touchy. And feeling. Uh, 
Well, not really. Actually, it is. So, you know, there's uh, some articles out there that so many, like 130 some odd Republicans voted for this red flag law, right? Mm, yeah, the one that goes after vets. Yeah, well, so they're not mentally stable. Dan Crenshaw was one of them, and he answered somebody. He, I will give it to this man. He does reply to to, to uh, comments, and he said in regards to the national defense bill included the so-called red flag provision i voted the opposite of the liberal democrats your aoc omar bush the whole squad voted against the bill because it was too pro-military the provision that everybody is talking about being a red flag law is actually a dead provision it's not in the final bill text nice uh, that we will vote on in the coming weeks and the provisions, why he voted on it for, was it's forcing Biden to get Americans out of Afghanistan, which we, we did, which we're working that on. That worked out smashingly well. Well, no, no. The current Americans. Oh, get the rest okay. of them out. Prohibiting him from sending money to Taliban. That's requiring good. full accounting and a plan to get or destroy assets left behind. Sending troops to the southwest border, finally. Prohibiting Chinese products in our military supply chain. Completing a full investigation into the Wuhan lab, prohibiting dishonorable discharges for other service members who refuse the vaccine, protecting the First Amendment rights of service mem members from the woke left and activist generals, restoring the Iron Dome, this is what AOC cried over, funding that Nancy Pelosi and the squad stripped out of the CR earlier, and a pay increase for the troops. So that's actually the crux of the bill. How much of the bill, where's the red the flag part of the bill? Uh, he said the red th there is no red flag in the bill. It was literally a ploy for the Democrats to tell their base that they're going after the guns. So it was entitled. It was. It was, was kind of sort of there, but it's coming out. Absolutely interesting. And it it was a way to get Republicans PP smacked. I don't understand. Yeah, and he said he would never vote for a red flag. I don't vote. understand why we got to pass a bill to get protection on the southern borders. Why doesn't the governor of Texas? Put the Texas National Guard there. Why don't the governor of Arizona put the Arizona? Because those National Guards belong to the states, not the federal government, unless they get nationalized. So This may sound like a TikTok video, but Jen Psaki did ask. She's getting tired of hearing about the border. Oh, of course. And, and she said it was either her or somebody else. I think it was her saying, I'm tired of talking about it. Republicans are not giving any ideas and any ways to solve this. And person said, build the wall. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think they've been saying it for a while. Yeah, but you know that doesn't fit it. Um, yeah, don't hold them. Here's today's meaningless headlines from social media. TikTok reveals that the platform has now reached one billion monthly active users. Young women are removing their IUDs on TikTok, and that can be dangerous to their health. <laughs> Elon Musk and Grimes has called it quits after three years together. The two are now separated, but stated that they love each other very much. An ancient G Gilgamesh tablet is being returned after being stolen from Iraq and then bought by Hobby Lobby. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Rogan. I bet they use that just enough to get a scan of it, so now they can make a make a replica. I actually have a story here, but uh, <laughs> Joe Rogan likens COVID vaccination to Nazi concentration camps in a scathing video that sees him blast them. Now I've said in the past, anytime you bring up uh, Nazism or but if Hitlerism. you actually listen to his podcast and listen to what he's got to say, like anybody, you realize it's not that at all. Yeah. Let's see here. Um, let's see. The return of the ancient Gil Gilgamesh dream tablet stirs controversy Gilgamesh. online. A 3,500-year-old 
clay tablet was stolen from the museum in Iraq and is being returned. The clay tablet is known as the Gigabesh Dream Tablet was bought for $1.67 million to be displayed in the Museum of the Bible in Washington, D.C. in 2019. It was taken by U.S. authorities who said that it had been stolen and should be returned. Two years later, it was re- this return will be happening on Thursday at the Smithsonian National Museum of the American Indian. There are 17,000 stolen antiquities that the U.S. has agreed to return, with some of them being uh, returned earlier this year as of July. Um, the 5 by 6 tablet includes written in Sumerian, the language of the ancient Mesopotamian civilization. This is to be believed as the writings from the poem within almost 4,000 years ago. Why it's um, stirring up all oh, because of Hobby Lobby. Yes. Many and that's on, where, go, ahead. go ahead. Many on Twitter were confused and concerned as to why they had not heard of Hobby Lobby's involvement with the ancient tablet before this. Because Hobby Lobby's bad and cool. The museum. Uh, Go ahead. I I can really, and I'll, I'll bring it up again. Think about it. The, you know, if it cost them even one point something million, they take it, they scan it. Now they can reproduce a decoration that is to the size and likeness, and sell it. They'll make their money back. Well, plus Hobby Lobby is known as being a Christian organization, right. and this has to do with the Museum of the Bible in Washington. The Museum of the Bible in Washington D.C. has opened. I'm sorry, was opened by the owners of Hobby Lobby in 2009. Hobby Lobby President Steve Greenbergen uh, collecting items from the museum, which eventually opened in 27, uh, originally opened in 2017. Uh, the Museum of the Bible's website, Green admits that he did not know enough. I'm sorry, Green admits that he did not know enough to prevent him from buying the stolen items. Hobby Lobby's event agreed to pay the $3 million fine and agreed to return the thousands of illegally imported clay tablets. So not only did he pay the amount of money, but he threw three grand on top of it and basically giving it away. He didn't ask for reimbursement from the auction house. Why isn't the auction house, you know, not getting involved in this? But anyhow, back to headlines. Apparently we actually did care about that one. Uh, we already done with that. So that concludes this today's, and I still got to get Carrie to record an outro for that, but that concludes today's version of this. Here's today's meaningless headlines from social media. Okay, Gordon, you said you had a, a list as well or something you wanted to talk about? Tacos. Um, no, that was pretty much it. I, I got some news articles, though. Sure, um, sure. Let's see here. Done, done all that. Real quick, I was going through Facebook yesterday because I was um, making Henry Sledge a admin on the uh, What's the Scuttlebutt podcast. And as I was looking for the area to do that, I noticed that there was a link on the Facebook business manager said podcast. I'm like, well, that's interesting. I don't know where you can listen to podcasts on Facebook. I don't know if they have an app. I haven't seen a link for pages on Facebook for podcasts. I think it's hard enough to find someone's fucking photos when you're looking for them on their website. But with all that being said, if you're one of these people who listen to podcasts through Facebook, I did find it under the management. I've done it for this podcast. I did it for Veil to Fail podcast as well as the What's the Scuttlebutt podcast. I put my RSS feeds in there. Facebook's publishing those podcasts somewhere. I don't know where they're at. I don't see a podcast link on any of my page. But if you're one of those people out there listening to podcasts brought to you by Facebook, you can now find the What's in Your Head podcast, What's a Scuttlebutt podcast, and Fail to Fail podcast. But I can't tell you how to do it because it didn't say that on the instructions when I submitted the RSS it's feed. It's in beta. And so I'm, I didn't know if maybe there – anyhow. So that's that, and here's this. Joining us now from the Digital 410 West News Desk in Las Vegas, Nevada, Gordon Abernathy. Gordon, how are you doing tonight? I've been talking so much I need something to drink, but I'm all out. 
You're a runner. Yes, sir. Have you run a full marathon yet? No, I did a half marathon. And the only reason I did a half marathon is I was training for Savage Race in 2019. It got canceled due to COVID. But interestingly enough, the Physicians Group of Southwest Florida still put on a half marathon. So I signed up for that and ran that. And it kicked me in the dick. But I completed it. And that's when I had the epiphany that running a half marathon is when you get runners high. And you have to. that must have been what Tyler Durden felt like the first time he kicked his own ass. Well, this uh, this Illinois man, he's got to be pretty happy. He uh, was running the he had won unexpectedly the Quad City Marathon this weekend when two Kenyan runners who had far outpaced him were disqualified after being diverted off course by a race volunteer bicyclist. Oh, that's so imagine coming in third and all of a sudden you're winning because the two guys took the wrong route. I will we're say led down the wrong way. I've ran probably six or seven 5Ks. I've ran a 10K. A lot of those, uh, when you're back in the pack, it's easy to run because you're falling ass on front of you. Those guys in front, they have no – those paths are not well laid out. There's the occasional arrow, an occasional water tent, and a mile marker. But the guys up front are usually following a dickhead on a bicycle and, or a motorcycle. And when that race volunteer bicyclist mm -hmm. takes them off course – that's Tough it. Tyler kitty, but the milk's still good. I'd be pissed. Those yes, guys crossed, are professionals. He's happy, but he's probably it's probably kind of a eh, happiness. So Tyler Pence crossed the finish line in two hours and fifteen minutes, Damn. six seconds, to become the first U.S. runner since two thousand and one to win the race through the Quad Cities along the Mississippi River in Illinois. Put that in Iowa. perspective. That's what 24, 23.4 miles, roughly. Yeah, twenty six miles. I last night ran a, which is kind of slow, but I am getting over COVID. I ran a mile in nine minutes and 23 seconds. That's just one mile. <laughs> this guy ran 25 in 120 minutes. That's how fast he was booking. He was probably doing like a five-minute mile. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. so this guy is actually, Pence is the head track and cross-country coach at the University of Illinois Springfield when he logged his fastest time ever with the win that took home a prize of 3K. His win came after Elijah, not going to say his last name, and Luke, not going to say his last name, diverted from the course. What, what race was A this? little more than halfway to the finish line when a bicycle rider leading them mistakenly went straight when they should have turned. Was this? I left at Albuquerque. What marathon was this? I'm trying to look up his pace. It is the Quad Cities Marathon. Okay. Marathon winner. Racer, race director Joe Moreno confirmed that the bicyclist went the wrong way, but said that the two runners also should have known not to follow him. At an intersection where the incident happened, the course was well marked, huh. according to Moreno. The signage was well displayed. The volunteers are there. And the fourth element is those elite runners having a meeting the day before to get familiar with the course. Yeah, but at that point, so, you're so in your head okay. that you're just an autopilot. And then when you've yep. been fixating on a target for two hours, um, yeah. Um, I got two stories from Florida. Go ahead, Athlinks. I'm, I'm looking up this guy's name on Athlinks to see what his pace was. Go ahead. Um, <clears throat> Bonus checks bounce for 50 Florida teachers due to error. Whoops. A banking error caused dozens of Florida teachers to see their state-issue $1,000 bonus checks bounce 
officials said on Friday. The disaster relief payments issued to 50 of the 176,000 educators who received checks were affected by J.P. Morgan Chase error. Oops. According to the statement from the Florida Department of Education, the official said they're working to fix the problem. Of course, they say that we apologize for any inconvenience that this had caused and are working to correct it, including refunds and any fees incurred by the recipients as a result. According to J.P. Morgan Chase spokesman Allison, spokesperson Allison Tobin Reed via email. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of a problem. I don't know how much a lot of these teachers are, are depending on that bonus, uh, but it, it, it does kind of suck. And then another story. Out Hold on. This guy ran 26.2 miles. He, was, <laughs> he ran a 5.09. He ran five minutes and nine. Um, that was his average? His average pace was, fi- he was running a 5.09 pace. So his overall average for 26.2 miles was he was basically running a mile every five minutes and nine seconds. Yeah, it sounds like you got some work to do. That was correct. Well, he's probably 20-something too. Um, yeah. There's a great website called Athlinks. So you can type anybody's name. Um, he was first placed out of 207 men. Um, and his age, yeah, his age group was 25 through 29. So, yeah, crushing it at 509 pace. Um, when you watch these professional OCR athletes like um, Run Savage Race, those guys were running a five-minute pace while doing obstacles, so it's like I'll never, <laughs> never, I'll never be to Ryan Atkins who's running a five-minute pace, six-minute pace while including obstacles. It's just insane. You got a Florida man story. A Florida man, go ahead. I don't know if I know people like this. I'm, I'm kind of glad I don't. I don't know if you know any people like this. Probably. A Florida man tries to trade in a vehicle from the same dealership he stole it from, according to police. <laughs> Dumbass, because there's no VIN number on there. Lake City Police responded to a report of a stolen vehicle at a Chrysler Dodge Jeep dealership on Monday. Employees told the officers that a man was trying to trade in his vehicle for a new one, but upon checking the VIN number, they found that the vehicle was stolen from the dealership's lot what a me? few days earlier. I got on Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> the man it. admitted to stealing the vehicle, police said, adding the crime was captured on a dealership's camera system. He was obviously arrested on charges, including grand theft of a motor vehicle and criminal mischief. This sounds like a guy who's looking to go to jail. Just like maybe life was just too rough. He's been institutionalized for a long time, and he said, you know what? I want to be back in. And and I guess why I'm thinking that is because I am definitely down the rabbit hole on 60 days in. So... uh because just checking that up. out, and then we got the big news. I'm sure everybody's oh, oh, already oh, heard. Hold on, hold on. Um, I have something for that. Here we go. And now, breaking news R&B superstar R. Kelly. I had that story pulled up. Go ahead. He finally got his come up and convicted in sex trafficking trial. This is coming from the AP. R. Kelly, the R&B superstar known for pissing all over little girls, allegedly, also known for his anthem, I Believe I Can Fly, was convicted Monday in a sex trafficking trial after decades, not one decade, not two decades, but decades mm-hmm. of avoiding a criminal responsibility. Not only did he do it, there was a video of it that we all saw back in the 90s, and it took this long. Numerous allegations of misconduct with young women and children. A jury of seven men and five women found guilty, 54. Kelly, 54, guilty of all nine counts, including racketeering, 
on their second day of deliberations. Only two days. Kelly wore a face mask below his black rim glasses, remained motionless with his eyes downcast because, you know, he's going to go to prison, but he is going to be the one they will take advantage of. It uh, doesn't matter his star power. I, hold that thought. I, I just thought of something. It's going to be quite sad, but go ahead. <clears throat> Prosecutors allege that the entourage of managers and aides who helped Kelly meet girls and keep them obedient and quiet amounted to a criminal enterprise. Two people have been charged with Kelly in a separate federal court case that is currently pending in Chicago. He uh, faces the possibility of decades in prison for crimes including violation of the Mann Act, an anti-sex trafficking law that prohibits taking anyone across state lines for any immoral purpose. Sentencing is scheduled for May 4th. So he's got a while. He's going to be probably hang- I don't know if he's going to be hanging out in jail or if he's going to have a, uh, a ankle bracelet on. But, um, yeah, R. Kelly finally got his uh-oh, come up. And- uh, let's see. Oh, I'm pulling up the Grove City High School yearbook from 1997. I hope that wasn't your old class song. I think it was, but I'm trying to verify. <laughs> I think that that was our class song. Uh, best dressed, most notable. I'm trying to find the damn page where it has all that shit listed. I see best musician, best good, blah, blah, blah. Most uh, best car. Where the hell is it at? I am almost. Best song. I am almost guaranteeing you, and I'll have to update you guys next week, I guess. Ours was Van Halen's right now, I believe. Yeah, I know. It came down, I think. I can believe I can. Oh, here. um, Band, sports team, restaurants. Teacher, radio station. Um, Who's radio station back in 1999.7 The Blitz, baby. Uh, uh, not CD 101, the one and only one one. No, now it's CD 102 one. Two. Uh, Mustang, Abercrombie and Fitch. Uh, High State Buckeyes. Um, Romeo and Juliet was the movie. TV show was Friends. Where the fuck is the song? Um... I could have sworn our class song was I Believe I Can Fly. Oh. I, it's I would not doubt it. For some reason, it's not on here. They have I the bet car. you you and everybody, every, every other graduating class. And that was at 98? Class 1997. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Class song from Grove City High School, 1997. I Believe I Can Fly. Fantastic. Our class like song. Like a jailbird. Is by a deviant child molesting pervert our class motto is life is a journey not a destination oh it's been a journey class flower the white rose <laughs> but yep so how's that for uh representing your graduating class you know what's funny i haven't seen most of these cats with the exception of the few i follow on facebook since 1997 Me and so so when I look at the photo, this is exactly what they should look like. This is exactly what I think about these people. This is what they look like. They don't look like and the 40-year-old versions. And if you happen to go to a class reunion, it's going to be like, who are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. When you see them on Facebook, you're like, wow. Well, I do got a sad story that we're going to end on. Okay. Hundreds of migrating birds. You're trying to say the fact that my class song is I Believe I Can Fly is not a sad story? Well, it's going to it's gonna segue well into this next story. Okay. Hundreds of migrating songbirds crash into New York City skyscrapers. I believe I can fly. Uh, 
this week and they had died crashing into the city's glass towers a mass casualty event spotted by the new york city audubon volunteers tweets this has got to be horrible to see <sighs> showing the world trade center littering with bird carcasses uh this week's avian death toll was particularly high but bird strikes on Manhattan skyscrapers are a persistent problem. That they uh, the see the NYC, reflection, don't they? Uh, yeah, they, they, they. It's just like we've seen them crash into house windows, right? <sighs> NYC Audubon has documented for years. Um, stormy weather on Monday night into Tuesday contributed to the deaths, according to uh, Caitlin. Um, we had a big storm and sort of weird weather and lots of birds. And that's the sort of the perfect combination that can lead to bird window collisions. It seems like uh, the storm might have been brought the birds in lower than they would have normally have been and just uh, caused us the problem. They did rescue 77, the sin for recovery. But, uh, yeah, that is sad. And it kind of reminds me, uh, we've got these on, on, on state line down in Gene on the other side, California, there's three huge uh, solar power plants and these are the solar that's actually the mirrors that reflect the light mm -hmm. up into a tower so it concentrates so any bird that flies over usually comes down as a smoke bomb and yeah. if they're pigeons i'm kind of well, good with it i was gonna say the pigeons yeah and we all know what happens with um there's a certain breed of falcon or eagle that would get killed around the uh, windmills out there too because of the you know there's no free about. lunch in nature and every time you try to do something environmental there's still going to be the compromise on the other side but outside of that i have no more news this concludes the evening news and now back to the act computer studio in cape coral florida as you just heard this episode of the what's in your head podcast is brought to you by our friends at Act computers Act computers has been providing it solutions for all of southwest florida since 2004 and the rest of the world since oh now let's just say 2010 and that means if you don't live in southwest florida they can still help you via remote login in their website so give them a call 239-283-1120 and they can help you and if you do live here in southwest florida you need computer repair screen repair if you need to help figure out why the dim buttons don't work on the HP laptop you just bought four days ago. Give them a call at 239-283-1120. You need that screen repair on your laptop with the touchscreen that got the glass broke. They can help you. Give them a call at 239-283-1120. You need network expansion, new computer rollouts. They can help you. Give them a call at 239-283-1120 or go to act-capecoral.com or find them on Facebook. Thanks to the new Patreon subscribers that we have. You guys are helping to support the show. And um, I don't know if you guys noticed, Larry Venturino was on tonight. We didn't have to do the, oh, we're going to stop and come right back nonsense because thanks to Patreon and uh, some of the fellows over at the What's the Scuttlebutt podcast, we have gotten the basic bitch Zoom taken care of. And so now we're in a higher end Zoom. And if you guys want to support the show, head over to d-410.com. Click on that Patreon link and sign up. It's a dollar a month or $7.50 a month or $3.50 a month. There's a plan that accommodates your wallet. If you do sign up for the $7.50 a month a plan, after month two, you'll get a free T-shirt. And we do send out free stickers and whatever we're demoing stuff. Gordon, you and I, maybe uh, Mike from the Tackle Your Personal Best podcast who's in the uh, chat right now, we need to get an OG5. I actually need to get uh, Henry Sledge and Jeff Cop set on there too. We need to like bang out a big digital 410 network like party podcast for the og5 to get up go. on patreon absolutely and if you haven't done so yet please head over to youtube we are 15 likes away from 500 still far cry from a thousand but hey halfway mark is great so help us get to that 500 marker and um i have been live streaming the shit out of tiktok 
in the last three days, been doing fishing videos, and I have accumulated 77 cents through gifts through my live stream. You can almost buy a piece of bait. Almost. Well, this is before TikTok takes one sixty percent. But uh is a fish hook. Um I have a new brand new pack of spear point performance fish hooks coming at five dollars a pack for five. These are the best fishing hooks out there. I bought two packs just because if you only buy one pack, you're paying more in shipping because shipping's gone through the roof. So I actually have two packs coming because you can't buy them locally. I got them in a mystery tackle box a few months back. They are the best fishing hooks ever. Um Mike oh, was probably not agreeing with me, but they're great. The hookups <laughs> are always through the side or top lip. I lost my last one, so for the last three days, I've been fishing with a standard EWG extra wide gap fishing hook. And the last three days, I've had four hooks swallowed because I don't have my spear points. So the spear points, you rarely get a swallow. They get great hookups on them. And um, so, yeah, I've been going out on the kayak, doing live streams, and uh, getting follows and people are putting cute little icons that are worth like half a penny and i got so many i'm up to seven is that what they call cents. a non-fungible token no it's they're called gifts and they have different levels it's you know if you're watching someone's live stream and you appreciate it, you put these gifts up there and they can collect of the value of them after a while and tap out but anyhow please go and like us on youtube and that is going to about do it for this episode. On the behalf of Larry Venturino, Gordon Abernathy, and myself, this has been another episode of the What's in Your Head podcast, and we will talk to you all next week. Whoops. Next week. This has been a Digital 410 production. <laughs>